Hello, my loves, and welcome back to This Is Maria. Today, we're talking about romantic relationships from a spiritual perspective. This is a fun topic. It is a broad topic. It is a layered topic. There's just no way I'm going to get through everything in this particular episode. So if you are curious about more on the topic of romantic relationships, please drop me a comment on YouTube under this video if you're watching this on YouTube. If not, you can uh, probably DM me on Instagram and that would work as well. But today, I just figured I would give you a broad overview of the romantic relationships from the spiritual perspective and, um, you know, what's going on right now on planet Earth. Um, Relationships are very much front and center right now. They're going to continue to be front and center for the foreseeable future. And today, I figured we would dive in. Just one quick reminder uh, for those of you that haven't checked out my book, um, my book is out on Audible, uh, Kindle, and Amazon. It is called 72 Keys to Manifestation or An Ancient Path of a Modern Day Alchemist. It's a beautiful 72-day journey, one key per journey, sorry, one key per day. And it is a journey that would enable you to manifest the best life. Now, I'm not claiming you're going to manifest it in 72 days. However, you're going to get all of the keys that you need to understand how the energy works. And it's a very practical book. It is a book that explains in detail where you can get your energy from, how to now transform energy from one state to another. And so I sincerely hope that you take this spiritual journey with me. All right, my darlings, let's talk about relationships. I know that relationships are on your mind. I know that there have been um, certain, shall we call them, There's been a certain buzz around twin flames, so we can address that really quickly. Why not? There are different kinds of relationships you could be having. Uh, I already mentioned twin flame relationship as one. You could be having a relationship with a soulmate. You can be having a karmic relationship, or you could be having a relationship that for the sake of uh, this um, classification, I want to call a soul contract relationship. And I'll explain what those means, what that means a little bit later. We can divide all of the relationships you could be having romantically into uh, these four major buckets. There are There is an off chance that you have a relationship that's neither of the above because, of course, you are being with free will. And sometimes you just meet somebody at the bar or at the library or wherever else. And you're like, okay, well, why not? he or she or they are cute and you know and and then things happen but most relationships would fall uh, in either the twin flame relationship the soulmate relationship bucket the karmic relationship bucket or the soul contract and at this point in time as much as everybody is really thirsty and really just obsessed with finding their twin flame most relationships on planet earth are not that Most relationships on planet Earth are not even going to meant to be a twin flame relationship. That is such an outlier, you guys. It'll blow your mind. Like, honestly, the relationships between twin flames are far and in between, like one to two percent, maybe. Um, And and that is normal. Obviously, with your, you know, I, I know it seems like the twin flame relationship is the only covetable thing out there, but you you can find bliss in a relationship. Uh with somebody else who is not your technical twin flame. And that is a lot more likely actually on planet Earth. Now, 
Most of the relationships that human beings have on the planet Earth at this point in time are karmic relationships. This is not always the case. Um, these, um, everything is cyclical, right? Now we are going through a part of the cycle where a lot of the karmic relationships need to play out. A lot of the karmic relationships need to play out because we're closing one cycle and starting another. And you really would want to start from the fresh slate. So all the loose ends need to be tied up so that you can move on to bigger and better things. What do I mean by karmic relationships? Karmic relationships means you have met this person that you're dating in a past life or in you know many past lives. Now, I'm not talking about like one night stands and I'm not talking about like uh, just quick flings. I'm talking about serious committed relationships very often or just like serious relationships, those types, right, are very often karmic. So there are usually kind of like two major cycles as, as far as relationships are concerned on planet Earth. At the You know, one part of the cycle is the making of the karmic bonds, right? And the second part of the cycle is the unwinding of the karmic bonds or karmic knots, if you will, right? So like there's like a first, and, and it's usually a longer period, actually. So like you would take a longer period of time. And um, during that time, souls make a lot of, they go through a lot of experiences and they're optimizing newness, like new partners, new experiences, new relationships, like new challenges, new everything, right? And through those long periods of time, there is a lot of karma that is being accumulated. Karma, you know, you know, there's a lot of collective, um, like there are a lot of collective shared experiences, right, that people um, have. And then there comes a time when you're meant to transcend all that. Those types of um, cycles are shorter. Uh, the time frame to transcend your karmic relationships is usually shorter, but it's more intense, right? Because it's less fresh and it's like opening up the old wounds. Uh, at the same time, and, and by the way, if, if you were wondering, the period where we are right now, smack this second on planet Earth, is the period of the karmic relationships, right? So it's not the period where, when you are out there for completely new experiences. This is the closing of the loops. So because it is what it is, um, there are so certain common denominators on the dating scene that are very characteristic of this karmic unwinding, if you will. First, it is very possible to find a relationship with a soul that feels like a kindred spirit, feels like you recognize that soul, feels like you've been there before, like you remember them from someplace else, right? So because of that, it's very easy to just meet somebody and there's like, there's this click, there's this instant connection, that there is this a remembrance, right? It is because you most likely have met the person before whether you remember that or you don't, right? So relationships can get off to a quick start if it's a karmic relationship, because again, you've done that before. And so you've already adjusted to somebody's auric field, right? Like when you're starting a new relationship, and I mean you as like your two souls have never come together in a relationship format romantically before. There is always a period of adjustment because in a romantic relationship, especially the one that goes sexual, um, what happens is the partial merging um, of the auric fields and partial merging of the energies. And sometimes it could be a full merging, full-on merging, right? Where the, the a new entity is created and that entity is the egregore of the couple. 
Now, that process is lengthy. That is why usually when, like, when you've never had a romantic relationship with a soul before, the process of getting to know them takes time. And that's why the coming together is usually a longer process. The courting process is longer. The adjustment process is longer because your body, your etheric, your energy body needs time to readjust and shift itself in accordance with your partner so that, you know, you could be more attuned to one another, right? Now, there is subconscious subliminal communication in couples, even with, you know, in the dense energies that are on planet Earth, like you're always sharing space with a partner, even if you're 10,000 miles apart, you have a collective space. Again, it's a committed relationship, right? So we're not talking about like, you know, if you have 20 boyfriends, girlfriends, like that would probably not be the case, although we can talk about that as well. Um, but either way, you're always sharing space with a partner. And that type of attunement takes time to create. Now, if you've already done the work in a past life or multiple past lives, that is where you can go from zero to 100 very, very quickly. Um, that usually is what happens when people get married very quickly after they um, meet each other. Um, like, I don't know, for instance, somebody was in a committed relationship for five or six or seven or 10 years. They never married that person. All of a sudden, they break up. Um, and uh, they meet a new person and six months in, they're already married. And you're like, what is this? How did this happen? Um, and the reason that this is possible is because it's a karmic relationship. This same thing could also be true for soulmate relationships. And it could also be true for twin flame relationships, right? Because very often with soulmates and twin flames, there is that recognition as well. And we can talk about that as well. But the recognition is going to happen with karmic relationships very often, right? So just because you feel like you know somebody from a past life doesn't mean it was a good life. It doesn't mean you're twin flames. I'm just saying, right? That recognition doesn't mean anything yet. Um, that recognition could be, uh, or those memories could be front and center in your uh, subconscious, if you will. Or you could have that level of access to your Akashic records because you're meant to transcend that experience. It's almost like it already bubbled to the surface waiting for you to release it, right? Now, because of that, right, like I said, if you've met somebody before, the adjustment of the auric fields happens very quickly because our bodies are very wise, our energy bodies, they jump right back in where they left off, right? And so that adjustment, you don't really need all that much time to get to know somebody, etc., right? So that's why uh, very often karmic relationships start as like a wondrous love affair and, oh my God, you know, they sweep each other off their feet and all of a sudden they're like, okay, let's get married. Um, and then, you know, depending on the karmic relationship, sometimes the divorce can be just as quick, swift, and dramatic, right? Like with like just a lot of drama, right? Now, not every karmic relationship leads to a divorce, right? Saying that would be a massive under a misunderstanding of what karma is, right? Because karma is not created equal. And by the way, when I say karmic relationship, I don't mean that it's always a bad relationship. It's just there's always a lesson in that relationship. Some karmic relationship relationships last a lifetime. Some karmic relationships can teach you more than a twin flame relationship. Do you know what I mean? So I think we need to stop putting karmic relationships down and somehow discount them as not the perfect like love story that we've had in our heads. Because 
every relationship really serves us. Now, going back to my original story, this is the land, this is the time for karmic relationships. From this point onward, for another probably 80 to 100 years is going to be a land of karmic relationships for planet Earth. And that is completely normal. Very often, though, with karmic relationships, and by the way, like a vast majority of relationships on the face of the planet Earth, well above 60% are karmic relationships, with everything else being a much, 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 much smaller. Um, another 30%, I would, I would consider soul contracts, right? Um, and under 10% would be the soulmate twin flame relationship, right? So the vast majority of you are not going to be dating a soulmate or a twin flame, regardless how many relationships you have. And that is not a bad thing, you guys. That is not a bad thing. Because, again, you're here to move through lessons. You're here to move through experiences. And sometimes having and working through a karmic relationship can be the best thing that happened to you, right? Now, of course, the karmic relationships are challenging, because they always test your limits. And karmic relationships, the reason they can be hard is because to unwind the karma, to untie that knot, you have to behave in a way that is uncharacteristic of you. So there is, it's almost like 10 times before you had a pattern, right? Like 10 times before you lived a life and there was a pattern of a relation, a romantic relationship that you displayed. It could be I don't know, like, let, let me give you a quick example. It could be that you were the wife and you had a husband that would cheat on you blatantly and you would always find out and you would never tell the husband that you know and you would silent, you know, silently suffer. And maybe that is your pattern. At what point, your soul is going to be sick and tired of suffering in silence. At one point, your soul is going to want to break that loop. And so in this particular life, you may come and your lesson may be, like you would still be given a husband that cheats on you, unfortunately, until you work through the lesson. And your lesson may be, hey, stop suffering in silence. A big step for you may be even like, not even, forget divorce. It may be facing your fear of talking to your husband about this and bringing this issue up, right? And that already can break your cycle. Imagine that already can align you to a much better relationship, whether with this person that cheated on you or somebody else, right? And again, no judgment if you, you know, if, if that's your choice to stand, stay with that person. It is a choice, right? There's no right or wrong, right? But like, essentially, if you find yourself in a karmic relationship, you need to be asking yourself, what is your karmic pattern? And usually how you transcend it is by acting the opposite that you have been acting. Usually your karmic patterns, though, in relationships are obvious, right? If you've been in multiple relationships, there is like a pattern or like a happening that is very common to you. It could be like, okay, I always get dumped. Or, I know, the partners in my life are always clingy. And like, I hate that they're cleaning, right? But like, if you can put the word always in a sentence about relationships that you experience, very often it's your pattern, very often it's your karmic pattern, not for nothing, right? So in the relationship that you are now and, or in the next relationship, you're being invited to transcend that, right? To transcend that. I also find there's so much heartache uh, with people who thought that their karmic relationship is a soulmate. And they're like, but what do you mean? I have this, all this recognition 
and we were happy and I loved them and they loved me. And, you know, like, I don't know what went wrong and like, what's wrong with me? For a lot of you, karmic relationships are not forever relationships. There are exceptions to the rule. There are exceptions to the rule. But a lot of your karmic relationships are here to invite you to learn the lesson. And you either learn the lesson when you're presented with lesson, or you don't learn the lesson, you're going to have to pass that test again. And then they're meant to leave you. So in the context of men, this is not your Mr. Right. It's your Mr. Right now for right now. Does it make sense? Maybe let us dive a little bit into like the pattern behind all the karma that you're um, that you're experiencing in relationships. Like what are some of the precursors to this much karma? And what is the relationship karma that you have accumulated in the first place as a society? The number one is settling. The number one is settling. Like enough of you don't even have an imprint, a blueprint in your head of what a healthy relationship looks like for whatever reason. Because humanity has developed a muscle of settling. They're like, okay, especially in long-term relationships and definitely in marriages. They're like, okay, well, this is good enough. This is good enough. You know, my parents had it worse or like my friends have it worse or whatever, right? Like the bar is not all that high. And the ability for people, that innate ability to find someone that's compatible is really, really, really hard. It also doesn't help. And I'm going to say something that's controversial and you can hate me for it. But a lot of the relationships that are created on planet Earth right now are either relationships based on safety. And a lot of that is like, okay, like, you know, I feel better with this person by my side because I know that together we can put the food on the table and, you know, we can have the children. And, you know, like, I know that my children are not going to go hungry. So it's like, it's the safety net of like, okay, double income is better than a single income or like some version of thereof of where it's like, okay, like, you know, I know they're not amazing, but it's better to have a husband or a wife or a partner than not to, but than to be alone, right? And it's that like safety net of just like, I'll take anything over being alone, right? And um, because of that, it's like a relationship from the root chakra. And that, you know, hardly ever does that end well, or if it does, it ends in suffering. <laughs> Meaning like if it lasts, it ends in suffering. The second type of relationships that don't usually work are the ones based on the sacral chakra. Those are relationships that are sexual in nature. If you have a sexual connection to someone, it's you're going to, you know, even if you think you're in love with them, you're going to snap out of it within three years. So those relationships are just not sustainable. Human beings, because they're being bombarded with all of those over-sexualized messages from the magazines and the social media and definitely the movies and TV and everywhere else, there has been that sexual programming that like, I mean, I'm not even going to go into it. You know, you know this better than I do. Um, there, there is that stress that is put on the relationships based on the sacral energy that somehow supersedes everything else, right? Because sex is lauded and you're supposed to like, you're like, okay, well, this is it. Like if we're compatible there, we must be compatible everywhere else. And then three years in, you're like, okay, well, I don't truly love this person because we don't have a heart to heart connection. I have nothing to talk to this person about because we don't have a throat to throat connection. And we're certainly not connected spiritually because that person is not spiritual in the first place. So what the hell, right? Now, of course, 
it is what it is, right? It's just humanity doesn't have a pattern of healthy relationships in lineages yet. Neither do you have a lot of those relationships kind of like being put in front of you as relationships that should be emulated through, you know, media of all kinds. And because of that, right, like human beings are very bad at understanding that compatibility. Like, are you really compatible on all levels, right? And by the way, compatibility is also dependent on where you vibrate. So, for instance, if you vibrate at the heart chakra, and by the way, if you need to understand a little bit more about the topic of, you know, vibration and assemblage point, watch the, my video about the assemblage point. I talk about that. But if you're vibrating at the heart chakra as a female or a male, it doesn't really matter, as anyone, your full compatibility is going to be uh, a com compatibility on all of the chakras below, like the heart and below, right? So, like, if your level is vibrating at the third eye level, that means you're a spiritual person, then you have to be compatible with your partner all the way down from the third eye and down to the first chakra, right? So kind of the higher your vibration is, the harder it is to find a compatible partner because you have all these energy centers to consider. Now, of course, human beings don't think about that. That, that true compatibility is somebody who can meet you at your level across all of your chakras that are important to you and activated in you, across all of your energies. That means, yes, physically, energetically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. And, I mean, that's for highly evolved people. And, and, and if one of them doesn't add up or, like, doesn't match up, it's already an incompatibility. And because of, you know, because people are really bad at telling who is compatible with them when they first meet them, they send themselves on mer like on, on this merry-go-round and on, on a wild goose chase, dating people who they are incompatible with, not knowing that they're incompatible with them. And it's a little bit of a trial and error. Like you get more wrong before you get one right. And then sometimes even if you get one right, you can't fully explain what happened. You're like, ooh, it's an amazing relationship. We love each other. It's like a forever love story. But like if somebody were to ask you, why and how you found it, you're going to be like, ah, don't know, I got lucky. But really, truly, if we were to dissect the couples that are the happiest, you see the compatibility all across all of the chakras. And by the way, they have connections in their higher centers, not just their lower centers. Couples that just have connection through their lower centers, through their red, through their yellow, or through their orange, tend to be less happy. There's a lot less love in that relationship, right? Because couples who are connected through the red, again, is survival. Couples that are connected through the orange is sexuality. Couples that are connected through the yellow is status or money, usually, or self-confidence if you're dependent on your partner for self-confidence. Partners that are connected through the heart are lovers. Like it's, it's like lovers as in love. You have unconditional love for one another. Throat is communication, expression, and intellect. Third eye is spirituality. And if you're connected through the crown, you're part of the same soul family. So congratulations to you. The more of these connections you have with a partner, the better it is because the deeper your relationship is. That's how we got here in the first place is because you have to go through all of these trials and errors to understand how compatible you are. But at the same time, you can do a diagnostic and you can understand really is the person at your level, like either vibrating at your level or not. I'm trying to figure out how to give you a diagnostic that you guys can quickly do. 
because people also change and that's the other part right like, and that's what's so challenging that's partially what got us here in the first place right is because the best people whether those are karmic relationships soulmates or twin flames they activate each other and when you activate each other you don't do it uh all in one fell swoop uh it's like the merging of your two trees right um your two uh you know energy trees if you will um is very unique and you never know which aspect is going to activate activate which aspect right but you can definitely check for compatibility with a pendulum like at least on the scale from 0 to 100 how compatible am I with this person but also are our future directions compatible 5 years 10 years 12 uh, you know 12 years 20 years down the road right however many right and you can see through the pendulum how compatible you're going to be 10 years from now 20 years from now 50 years from now again scale 0 to 100 that could be like a very very quick diagnostic the first diagnostic that i was going to suggest is you look at the assemblage point for you and your partner which you can also by the way check with the um with a pendulum and then you look at how that assemblage point assemblage point by the way is the viewpoint the assemblage point is your point of view and it's usually fixed to one of the chakras right so people who vibrate from the same level or at least within one like for instance if you're vibrating at the heart and the person is vibrating one uh, chakra up or one chakra down it's a compatibility it's compatible but if you're two levels apart or three or four or five that's a problem because that is where you're like okay well i don't know there's no middle ground right there's no connective tissue right so you would see where you vibrate versus the person that you like or are in love with or whatever and then you can consult your pendulum and see okay where is that assemblage point going to be 10 15 20 30 years down the road because your assemblage point is a very good predictor of where your consciousness level is and what is important to you which means your values and people with similar values stick together that's another precursor to a happy relationship similar values right do we value making money together do we value amazing vacations together do we value hosting parties together do we value being in nature together do we value meditating together or praying or whatever our form of spiritual worship or like spirituality is right like depending on our values or our assemblage point our values and how we like to spend our time is going to be determined right so going back to compatibility one of the ways to not get into karmic relationships over and over and over again is to find a person that's compatible to you through the assemblage point and you know date the people that are compatible to you easier said than done we're now still in the era of karmic relationships so clearing relationship karma is smack on the agenda and there could probably be a whole episode about how to yeah here uh, how to heal relationship uh, karma so if you want that please drop that you know um, just send me a request and, and I'll consider making one for now I just wanted to take a step back because this is a general overview episode and another thing that I wanted to share with you is the fourth kind of relationship that I mentioned which is a soul contract. I've already spoken about soul contracts. This is a very particular aspect of a relationship, right? Uh, so we're kind of um maybe somewhat coming back to that topic but not really. What are relationships that are not considered karmic but are considered soul contract relationships in this context? Um if your soul is seeking a new energy or a new uh experience despite the fact that this is an era of karmic relationships you would have a contract very often it's a temporary contract between one and i don't know 10 years tops and um based on that contract an energy exchange is an order 
in order, right? So say you're going into an incarnation and you know that the stream of energy that you're bringing with you is lacking a particular flavor or a particular color or a particular hue, a particular aspect. You may choose a soul contract partner to come as a, as a romantic partner into your life. And the sole reason that you want that is so that an energy exchange can take place. I'll give you a quick example. Say you want to experience unconditional love, but in, in your past lives, you did not experience unconditional love for whatever reason. Let's just say it wasn't your experience. You may create a sacred contract with a soul that has so much unconditional love that they would love to share it with you, right? And so a contract is drafted, and usually it's an energy exchange contract where you're saying, okay, I want you to give me a little bit of that unconditional love. And this other person also has an ask from you. For instance, I want to learn confidence from you, right? And let's say that is a contract and it has been created. So let's say you come into an incarnation and you get together with that person. You don't consciously remember that there is a contract for the energy exchange, but that energy exchange is going to happen. So the moment your two energy bodies form a collective entity, when you become a couple or if there is a committed relationship, what's going to happen is the transfer and exchange of energy, right? And usually what is determined is the level to which you want to learn a particular skill or get a particular exposure to a particular energy. And there is a way to measure that. And so uh, when that measurement is reached, right, like when you get your measure of unconditional love received from this person and uploaded into your auric field, and they receive a measure of confidence that they wanted to receive from you, the contract is complete and you may drift away or you may drift apart quite naturally. Uh, what are the ways that, you know, uh, the energy can get uploaded? Um, you know, obviously, like th there is many, right? Like through um, however you interact with a person, right? Like by being in their space, the energy uh, exchange happens. By communicating, the energy exchange happens. By having a sexual relationship, the en energy exchange happens. By, you know, um, expressing your love for the other, the energy exchange happens. By giving gifts to another, like all of these things, all of these interactions are little drops, little morsels in the grand creation that is your couple. Right. And so the energy exchange happens all the time. Now, not every experience, not every energy can be transferred just via an energy parcel, if you will. Right. It's almost like, OK, like if that was the case, a lot of uh, soul contracts would be done very quickly because it's like if it's, a you know, like, hey, let's do this in 24 hours. You give me the confidence. I give you the unconditional love. Bye bye. Doesn't always happen. Sometimes the energy can only be transferred through going um, going through an experience together. Right. Sometimes you can only get courage, for instance, by observing somebody else becoming courageous. Sometimes your, you know, your partner's soul uh, is here to teach you courage through pushing you into a scenario that is going to make you display courage or treating you in a way that you're going to have to display courage. Does that make sense, right? So not all of it is as simple as like, sending bits and bytes from one, one heart space to the other. I mean, I wish. No. Sometimes you have to go through experiences together. And in this experiences or through the, the happening, the soup of the happening, the exchange happens or the exchange takes place, right? But again, once the exchange is over, you're going to feel like, okay, well, 
I don't know where the love is. Like I used to love this person, but now it's like there are, I just don't feel the connection anymore. And the reason you don't feel a connection after some time with a soul contract is because if the energy exchange has happened, it's closed. There is nothing else for either of you there. And because of that, you may be drifting away. Sometimes they say that, ooh, we just grew apart, right? And that's what the, you know, a very often expression that's used to describe this karmic, um, karmic relate, uh, sorry, not karmic, uh, soul contract relationships. So really quickly, like we discussed the soul contracts. We discussed the karmic relationships, which is the vast majority. And then there are two more. There is the twin flame and the, the soulmate. I'm not going to go too deep into this. Soulmate relationships, like I'll, I'll, I'll give you a little, like a quick glimpse. Soulmate relationships are extremely pleasurable. Soulmates are usually people from your souls, not people, people who are souls, um, who are from your immediate soul family or your extended soul family. So like your closest, closest souls upstairs. Very often soulmate relationships are the ones that are the most smooth and that is where the souls really grow together. Like this is where you, ex it's like one plus one equals 11, if you, if you know what I mean, right? Like not one plus one equals two. It's like you your auric fields, your energy fields accentuate each other. Like you make yourself, like you make each other thrive. Very often soulmate relationships are the ones that are the most harmonious. There is the least amount of drama in them. Um, and uh, they feel very level, like leveled in a good way, right? Like they're also the ones that tend to last a while. Um, now, they may not have the intensity of the twin flame relationship, and they may not have the intensity of the karmic relationship, by the way, but they're always going to feel like, okay, well, this person really gets me at a soul level. Like, it's really, really hard to explain. Sometimes, because karma goes both ways, sometimes it's like you have light karma with somebody, right? And sometimes a soulmate relationship is also a karmic relationship where you share positive karma. And sometimes you choose to come together despite the fact that the many times that you did come together before you didn't have any drama you don't have any loose ends but you choose to come together again because there is work to do and that collective work requires for you to be in a harmonious relationship with a partner that can support you through that work instead of distract you from the work and that is why you know, a karmic relationship can sometimes come across as a soulmate relationship. In that particular case, you know, it's all just semantics. It doesn't really matter. It's still like for the for the sake of this, um, you know, for the sake of this, we can call it um, a relationship that is um, a, a soulmate relationship because vibrationally they're very similar. And then the twin flame is a very, very rare relationship. Um, twin flames, obviously, I mean, you only have one in the entire universe. And most of you have incarnated so many times before that you've had ample opportunities to incarnate with your twin flame every which way to Sunday, like every which way possible. You've already incarnated with your twin flame, most likely. Right. So from the soul perspective, it's not all that challenging very often or it's not all that interesting to only partner up with the same soul over and over and over again because your process of learning becomes slow. And that's why that's why the relationships that are twin flame relationships are not all that frequent on planet Earth, right? Um, another common experience, though, that you may have in a third dimensional world is this with a twin flame. The twin flame can be activating, but as they're being activating to you, they're also being aggravating to you because they're pushing every single button. And that is actually a very common experience that people who have started dating their twin flames have noted 
is that like, okay, this person pushes me out of my comfort zone, but they also drive me crazy. And that sometimes it feels like an atomic bomb just exploded, like in the partnership. Like you are so drawn to one another, but it's like both souls really have to be committed to do the work because if the twin flames showed up in a third dimensional density, it is because they either have some issue upstairs that they need to work through here, right? Like there's something, like some um, in, inconsistency or disharmony that they came here to work through, right? And that's why you may think that the twin flame relationship is the most amazing thing that can happen to you. It's kind of like the Romeo and Juliet only without the dying. But to be honest, that is more like a soulmate relationship. And a twin flame is like, whoa, like it, you know, if it's, if it's a true twin flame relationship in a third dimensional world, um, and a 3D planet, most likely it's not all smooth and not purple rainbows and unicorns. I had, I hate to say it. There's, you're going to push each other's buttons. You're going to infuriate each other. You're going to be close to breaking up more times that you can possibly count. But if you make it on the other side, it's like the land of bliss. But the thing is, nobody is going to have a high bar for you, just quite like your twin flame. Because your twin flame, A, understands your potential on such a deep level, and they came here to help you realize that potential. So twin flame relationships are not easy. Like, you're not coasting in a twin flame relationship. You're being pushed to your limit. You're being thrown out in the ocean to see if you survive, if that makes sense, right? So... Just wanted to set the record straight. I wanted, yeah, um, I hope this was like a quick overview. I hope this was clear. I wanted to see if the collective had any questions on any of the four relationships or relationship types that I described. Um, I'm here to receive the question. The question is, so if I think I am in a twin flame relationship, but I have not experienced the turmoil that you have described, does it mean that it is most likely a soul mate relationship now instead of a twin flame now there is exception to every rule right there is exception to every rule um most likely though very harmonious relationships who are just on the same page and just growing and there's no, no trauma drama uh big fights or you know like uh, threats and stuff most likely that's you know that is um a soulmate relationship that is a soulmate relationship it could also be uh, the soul, the soul contract, which is the fourth type that we mentioned, right? Depending, right? Like if you're exchanging very harmonious energies with your partner, most likely it could be the fourth type of relationship, the, the soul contract. However, what you're not going to see and find with a soul contract as opposed to the, soul, the, 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 the soulmate is that recognition and the memories of shared lifetimes together or just a, a very, very quick, like like just instant uh getting along with somebody somebody because if that is the case then you've met them before or your soul just knows them so it's most likely um a soul contract uh sorry sorry a uh, soulmate uh that being said there are a few twin flame relationships on the face of this planet that are not drama filled could you be one of them maybe i mean things happen Right. But they're just, you know, non-drama twin flame relationships on this particular plane of existence are extremely rare because they don't serve the soul. Right. The lesson is not there. Like you don't come to Earth to experience like heaven. I'm just saying not right now. Anyhow. So if you if you if your soul's intention was to experience bliss and heaven, 
you would go someplace else right now. I'm just saying. So that was, you know, and, and if you, the intention of your soul is to learn, you most likely are not going to just pick the easiest partner on the face of the entire world uh, to have. And by, by, by the easiest partner, I mean, I don't want to confuse you, right? Because like truly, truly a twin frame flame relationship is the best thing can ha that can happen to you. It's just, it's going to take everything that you have. At soul level, your twin flame is the most important soul for you. You're extremely compatible. You're pretty much one. But again, even these souls somehow sometimes have the, the rough patches because each of these twin flame souls is going to go on their individual journey. And through that journey, you have experiences. And sometimes those experiences are not always compatible. So it's not that you are not compatible, but your experiences may be a little bit um, disharmonious. And sometimes you want to come here and address that, right? I hope that makes sense. All right, I'm here to receive um, another question from the collective on the relationships. What is the best way to work through a karmic relationship? This is such a loaded question because before you can untie the karmic loop, you need to understand what the loop is. And I will tell you just some of the very, very, like, why don't I, and I think that will be like a very, very nice closure to this episode. I'll just tell you what are some of the very common issues that souls have come here to resolve and how to resolve them in no particular order. Power struggle in a couple. Usually when one is imposing their will on the other and the other partner is very silent in the relationship or very suppressed in the relationship or unheard of in the relationship, unheard in the relationship or they're submissive in, in a way that is detrimental to their, to their life, to their self-concept, to their health. And it can happen with either gender. With either gender, doesn't really matter. Any type of coupling. We, because we are calling in a fifth dimensional frequency, the number one thing that we're calling in at the collective level is a world of harmony. So all the disharmony needs to stay here in this reality. So anytime somebody is having too much of an upper hand in the relationship, being too controlling, maybe abusive, the lesson is always for the other party to rise up and assert their thoughts, feelings, their rights, take their power back. That is an important, important karmic lesson. So you didn't, most likely, if you find yourself in a relationship that is disharmonious like this, your lesson is not to suffer for as long as you can suffer and keep putting yourself second or last for as long as you can and keep closing your mouth and keeping your thoughts to yourself and God forbid you share with your partner how you truly feel. feel. Your lesson is to step up into your integrity, into your own sovereignty, into who you are, speak up for yourself and finally recognize that you have value. So a lot of the karmic relationships are about one person saying enough is enough. I've had enough of this pattern. I've had enough of like how you talk to me. I've had enough of how you treat me. I had enough of how I feel because of all of this. I've had enough. So that is one big karmic relationship. The second, which is not necessarily romantic, but it's related to family. And that is always putting yourself last. This whole sacrificial, I don't even know, archetype, what it is. 
right? Very common in mothers, by the way, where they're like, okay, they, they cannot really count on their partner to step up to the occasion and parent their child together. And so the mother ends up being working at, you know, having a job, but also looking after the kids, but also doing all these extracurriculars and all of that. And then the mother does not, she's so drained at some point. And I'm not saying every mother is, but there is a subsegment of women that become really drained by this. It's because they put themselves last. And the partner is allowing or enabling that behavior. And now is the time to come and say no, actually. As a spouse, as a partner, you have to pull your weight. So it is a big lesson in boundaries, you guys. Boundaries are really critical. A very, very important karmic loop for relationships, romantic relationships is boundaries. Know yours and know your partner's boundaries. Having conversation around boundaries, what is okay and what is not okay? What are the expectations? What does healthy look like within your particular relationship? Because there is no right or wrong answer for the entire humanity. Every couple, every, or, you know, every relationship is very different, right? So that is another aspect. Boundaries, really, really, really strong. Third is, it's it's really hard to draw that, but like it's relationships that are not based on the heart. Meaning relationships are like in the ideal world, right? That, that would be heart-to-heart relationships. Meaning even if you're operating in, you know, in the higher spheres, you would have a heart-to-heart connection with your partner. So anytime there is no heart-to-heart connection, where there is no heart-to-heart communication, It is a relationship of settling, right? And that's another karmic loop. Settling for what you have instead of what you want. Settling for a suboptimal partnership because you have children together. Settling for a suboptimal partnership because of the money situation. Settling for a suboptimal partnership because it's safe. Or because whatever. Uh, Because your neighbors are going to think you are happily married and not divorced and that somehow makes you successful so there is a lot of that like um oh and by the way there is a lot of suffering and silence and i know that there is it's a little bit similar to that first one that i described but the suffering and silence can happen in many different ways so the suffering and silence is a big 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 karmic loop on both ways like on on, on both sides it's not just like one partner one gender is suffering or like, and, and we can look like broader at relationships. It doesn't have to be, obviously it doesn't, there's, the relationships are no longer between, a, you know, only between a man and a woman. Like the world's your oyster, right? Like um, all the non-binary relationships have the same, a lot of, a lot of them have the same exact patterns. It doesn't really matter, right? The collective karma of humanity is going to play out in your life whether you'd like it or not. And so suffering in silence and inauthenticity in relationships is really big. Not admitting to what it is that you want, to yourself and your partner. Hiding parts of yourself, complying, wearing masks, all of these inauthentic relationships. And because of that broken communication. Communication in couples is broken. You don't always feel safe to tell your partner your deepest secrets. You don't always feel heard by your partner or understood or even listened to. It's almost like your partner tunes out. So restoring that communication that is heart-to-heart, ear-to-ear is very, very important. So that could be a karmic loop. There is a whole, there's a whole other karmic loop is like living for the kids or trying to make it work for the kids. There were a lot of sacrifices made by humanity for the children. And I'm not saying, like, nothing that I'm going to say here is to 
diminish the value of a happy family. Because yes, children deserve the parents that are in love. And children deserve to have two parents and not one, not a single parent, right? They deserve to have a full household, if you will. They deserve it. They deserve it. However, if their parents are unhappy, children get impacted either way. And dysfunctional households can look many different ways. And one of the things that humanity is here to transcend around relationships is being stuck in a relationship just because you have children and like suffering in silence for the children because it does not serve anyone. It is a form of inauthenticity. Anything and everything that is inauthentic is a third dimensional construct. 5D is a lot more of an authentic and harmonious frequency. And again, doing something for another, even if that is your child, means putting yourself last. If you put yourself last, you are volunteering to be the victim, right? Whether consciously or subconsciously, right? The victim or the martyr, neither one of them is great. And by the way, do you think children of parents who are martyrs are happy? Do you think your children don't feel your energy? Do you think your children don't absorb your energy? Because they do. So if you're going to be a martyr and power through things and suffer through things, things, no matter how awful you feel inside, your children are going to get a copy of that in their etheric body. And then they're going to become a martyr in their relationship. Is that what you want for your children? Or do you want to step up to your into your authenticity, do the right thing, even if that means short-term pain, so that the energy that you can pass on to your children will be of, of love and light and, and confidence and, and just, you know, healthy and harmonious relationship with somebody else as opposed to this settling potentially. Now, we can talk about other karmic relationships and patterns till the cows come home because truly there are many. I've just named you um, some of the main ones, right? So um, I think if you fall into one of those patterns, um, that's how you know that there, there is something that gets, um, that is distorted. But a lot of them are about self-empowerment. A lot of them are about boundaries. A lot of the lessons that you're here to learn are about choosing yourself what's right for you and pursuing what you came here to pursue. Even if that means a breakup or a divorce is in order, right? Like, so choosing you, choosing your path. And that is not selfish. That is you coming into your own authenticity. And right now is the time. Alrighty, my darlings. Well, this was fun. If you want more content on relationships or have very specific questions, please drop them to me in the comments on YouTube. And I will, you know, check them out and see if, you know, um, if this topic is of interest and what specifically is of interest. Thank you, my love. Sending you a big virtual hug. I'll see you in the next one. Bye.